Before every sermon, we like to uh, just pray a very simple prayer together and ask God to speak to us. Uh, we simply cannot comprehend who God is without some help from Him. So, if you would, let's read the words on the screen together. O Lord our God, we have gathered in your most holy name that we might drink together from the water of life. We come to praise you, for you are Lord of all creation, to enjoy you, for you are our Heavenly Father, to learn from you, for you are our wonderful Counselor, and to serve you, for you are our Almighty King. Open up the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Let the river of life flow through this great city as we seek to love our neighbors as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are continuing a series called Hope Has a Name. Uh, This series is all about hope, and actually this series has been very popular, and if you missed any of those messages, you can go onto our church website, trinitychurchmp.com, and you can get caught up on that. Uh, For some reason, uh, we are uh, really looking for hope these days uh, as a nation, many of us individually, Um, and to kind of frame what we're going to talk about today, I want to show you a short uh, video, and it's, uh, it's a commercial, but it doesn't feel like one, but let's turn the lights out for a second. And, uh, and just kind of absorb uh, this, if you would. I bawled like a baby when I saw that. Because it's Star Wars. No. Um, why, did that, why does this story touch us? Um, take... Just 30 seconds, ask the person next to you, uh, what did that, how did that make you feel and why? Go ahead and do that for a second. Okay, so a couple quick, quick responses. Why does this story resonate with us? This, just this two-minute little story. Saw you wipe away a tear, Linda. Unity and empathy. Yes. What else? Why does it touch us? Love. Love. Yeah. Anything else? Accepting. Accepting. Absolutely. Support. Man, I get goosebumps when you say these things because these are universal things, right? You see, we all understand this need for empathy. We all have this deep need to be known and understood and accepted for someone to share uh, the ups and the downs of life with, someone who is going to rejoice with us in good times and cry with us in bad times. We need friends. We need a family. We're created for community. We're created for love. Does anybody know... The real you. Does anybody know who you really are? Deep on the inside, with all of your hopes and all of your fears, all of your insecurities, all of your quirks, your weirdness, um, and perhaps some of your dark secrets. Does anyone fully know who you are? 
I've gone through many periods of my life um, where I have felt like nobody really understands me. I struggled with depression a lot uh, as a kid growing up and sometimes as an adult. Um, I've struggled with loneliness. Uh, I've struggled um, with this sense that no one really knows me. Have you ever felt like that? you ever felt alone? Um, maybe there was a time when you had lots of friends. A lot of us, maybe that was like your college years or high school years. You had lots of friends and you felt connected. But then over time, you became more and more isolated. And unfortunately, one of the most common things I hear when I talk to people in my counseling office or here on Sundays is that people feel um, like they don't have a lot of friends anymore. And they, they all say, I used to but I don't anymore. Um, I have never met anyone who has uh, never felt like this at some point in their lives. And we can experience anger, uh, bitterness, resentfulness, and uh, loneliness. I don't know anybody who would say, I feel completely, 100% understood by the people around me. What would you give to be fully understood? I mean, doesn't your soul just kind of yearn for that? Not just to be understood, but to be understood and accepted. And not just accepted, but to be loved for who you really are. This, this feeling of being unknown and like nobody cares or understands, it's unbearable. And if that goes on too long, we start to feel so empty and dead inside. We're not wired to live that way. So what does that have to do with Christmas, right? Why am I talking about this at this time of year? It's got everything to do with Christmas because Christmas is God's answer to our desperate need to be known and understood and accepted and loved. And as we're going to see today, it's God's answer to our need for something even deeper than all of that. And that is our need to be saved need to be saved. So we're going to read from uh, John uh, chapter 1. This is one of the, the Gospels. And in your, if you didn't bring a Bible today, you can look it up on your phone, um, or you can look in one of these Burgundy Pew Bibles right here on page 1049. 1049. You will see the Gospel of John. It's the story of Jesus. 1049. And we read this. In the beginning... In the beginning was the Word. This is referring to Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. So right from the beginning, we see that that God is relational. And we are made in God's image. That means we also are made for relationships. We are made for community. And we read that through the Word... All things were made. Without him, nothing that was made that has been made. Are you, are you a thing? Do you exist? So this includes you, right? Through Christ, you were made. Without him, no person was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not 
understood it. Baptist has not understood it. And so this is a, we find out something very critical about who Jesus is and, and what he does for us on our behalf. And we read in Isaiah 9, Johnny uh, preached on this a couple weeks ago, uh, and this is echoed again in the Gospels. This is a reference to the coming Messiah. 700 years earlier, Isaiah wrote these words. He said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. And this is speaking about Christ, who was to be born 700 years later. And I want to talk about this idea of light for a moment. What is, um, what it, what is the function of light? What does light do for us? Just shout out some answers. What does light do for us? It allows us to see, right? Why, why would I need to see? Because I, So I don't stumble, right? Imagine I'm walking and it's pitch black and there's a big gaping pit that goes all the way to China, right? <laughs> all the way, it's right in front of me and it's pitch black. I'm going to walk right into that thing, aren't I, right? So light exposes things that are dangerous to me. Right? They allow me to be safe. What else? What else does light do? Okay. Energy, yes. Warmth, what else? Excellent. It shows us the way. It shows us the way, right? You can't get home if, you, you know, if it's dark outside. What else? Okay, makes day not night, right? Why are we afraid of the dark? We don't know what's there. Right? It illuminates reality. It allows us to see what's actually there instead of what's just what's in our imaginations. If you're in the dark, you just have to make up what you think is there. Right? Light exposes the truth. Now, if I wake up in the morning and let's say I have to get up at 3 in the morning because I'm going to work early and it's still pitch black and there's no electricity and I'm trying to get ready and I go to the bathroom and there's a mirror there. It's pitch black. Is the mirror any good to me? So what am I not going to know? I am not going to know what I look like, right? I, can think, I, I think I look all right, but I really don't know. I, I, you know, my hair could be sticking out this way. Or, you know, and light allows us to also see ourselves, and that's important to be able to see who we are. Light allows me to see myself, and it allows you to see me and for me to see you. So without light, we cannot be known. We cannot be seen. We cannot be understood. And this helps us understand Christmas, the birth of Christ. Because we read this in John 1 as we continue in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So a world of darkness, a world where we cannot see the dangers around us, where we cannot, uh, we, we have to make up things in our mind to piece together what reality is because we cannot see, because we're living in darkness. We're living in ignorance. We're living in a slave to our fears of, of the unknown. This light, the word, Jesus comes into the world. We read that he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the one who brings light into a world that lives in darkness, a world that cannot see its way forward, that yearns to be known. He exposes the dangers around us. He gives us the ability to thrive, to work, to play, to learn the way that he intended. Jesus reveals the truth about who we are. Jesus allows us to see what's in our hearts. He allows us to see reality. Jesus said that he came to give sight to the blind. Sight to the blind. I don't know about you, but I am very aware that I have many, 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 many blind spots. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I make mistakes all the time. I am blind, and I need someone to open my eyes. It's a good thing not to put too much confidence in your own judgment. There are some people who just think, I just trust myself. I trust my own judgment all the time. You can trick yourself. You can be deluded. You can be blind. And Jesus says he came to give sight to the blind, and we are a people who live in blindness. There is a deep sense of hopelessness in the world today. Our Man, our country is divided politically. I've never seen it this divided politically. There is growing tension in the world. There's violence abroad and at home. Have you been following what's been going on in Syria and Aleppo? I forced myself to watch some of those videos of people who are, have been fleeing from violence, lost loved ones. It's heartbreaking. Maybe the, the sense of hopelessness you have in your life is very personal. Maybe somebody close to you is sick and you've kind of lost hope that they're going to get better. Maybe you're in a really bad place financially. Some of you, your marriage is, is just hanging by a thread, and you've, you've lost hope. You don't think it's ever going to get any better. You see, the Bible doesn't say that from the world a light has dawned. It says, upon the world, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, there's a huge difference here. The point is that the world is a dark place that needs salvation, rescue, to come from outside of the world. And this means the end of these kind of feel-good statements that we, we like to say, if we could just pull together, we could do anything. We can make the world a better place. If we just pull together. And the Bible says, no, we can't. Because this light that we need does not come from us. It doesn't come from the world. It dawns upon the world. We do not have what it takes. And the moment that we realize we do not have what it takes to save ourselves, 
to repair our relationships, to forgive those who have hurt us. And we say, I do, I do not have it in me to forgive my enemies, to love my enemies, to create peace. I do not have it in me. This must come from outside of myself. Then we are in the place when we can receive this gift that Jesus offers in himself. You see, there are two worldviews that kind of shape our thinking, have shaped our culture. One is moralism. Moralism is the idea that we can save ourselves through our own good deeds, our own good works. Now, if that were true, then, then Christmas would be unnecessary. We wouldn't need Jesus to come because we could figure it out on our own, right? Why would God need to come and become human in order to live and die in our place if we could fix this by ourselves? That's what moralism says. Moralism says you can be a good person. And the Bible says, nope, none of us are good. Relativism, so one's moralism, the other big uh, concept that shapes our worldview and our thinking is relativism. Relativism, it says that uh, no one is really lost. Uh, everyone can just live by their own lights, you know, what they think is right and wrong, and just kind of determine that for themselves. There's no such thing as right and wrong. It's all relative. And if that's true, then, you know, this, this all... Uh, accepting God of love just kind of accepts everybody um, wouldn't have bothered to come either. That God wouldn't have bothered to come either. It would have been unnecessary. There's no standard. Why do I need to come to save you? Right? Again, the Bible doesn't say that a world, uh, that, that from the world a light has dawned. It says upon the world a light has dawned. The world is a dark place and salvation must come from outside of ourselves. And so we read, to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The problems that we see, that, that I hear about, that you experience, they're real. They're not just in your head. We have real problems. And there really is evil in every one of us. And not just the potential for evil. Oh, I know we all have the potential for evil. No, real evil. There is real sin in each and every one of us. We have all contributed to this mess that we are in. If you're in a marriage and things are broken, you know that it's not just the fault of one person, right? You know that both people have contributed to that. Now, expand that to the world that we live in. None of us are innocent. So this idea of moralism, that, that we can all be just good people without any help from God, is not true. It's also true that there are objective standards for good and evil. Now, certainly there are gray areas, some things where it's kind of hard to know what is right, but not all truth is relative. And there, uh, there are things that are categorically evil. What's going on in Aleppo is evil. It's not a matter of opinion. And so here's the truth about who we are. We really are lost. We really are broken. We really do need help. And we cannot save ourselves through our own efforts. We need a Savior. 
Hope does not come from within. It comes from without. It doesn't come from believing more in myself. It comes in believing that I am not alone. Hope is external. Hope is relational. Hope has a name. And so Jesus comes into the world to shoulder our burdens. He understands. The incarnation changes all of that. See, nothing is hidden from God's sight. He knows you. You think nobody understands? Jesus understands. He understands things about you that you don't understand about you. And he loves you. And he came into this world. He came into your world, into your mess. And he says, I love you. And I accept you. And I'm not going to leave you where you are. I have come to save you, to make you whole. This is the gift of Jesus. That the gospel is that someone knows who I am in all my darkness and all my filth, all my fears, all my insecurities. He knows that, he understands that, and he is not repulsed by who I am. He loves me to death. In all of my brokenness, my addictions, my anger. We have a deep, powerful need to be known. We weren't created for a life of hiding, for a life of isolation. We were created to be known and accepted and loved. And for that to happen, for you to be known, you must come into the light. And that means beginning a relationship with the light of the world, with Jesus, who will begin to expose the things in your life that are dangerous, who will begin to help you see who you really are, not your imagine, imagined self, the one that you put on Facebook, right, that looks so nice. <laughs> That's your highlight reel. That's not the real you. That's the carefully curated you, Right? No, Jesus knows the pictures that you don't put up, right? The ones where you're yelling at your kids, right? Or speaking disrespectfully to your spouse. He sees what you look at on the internet late at night. He knows all of that. And he's not like Santa who's going to say, well, no presents for you, right? He sees you in that and his heart is drawn to you. And he loves you in that. And so you need to come into the light. You need to come into the light of Jesus. Jesus is life, and that life is the light of all mankind. The true light that gives, that gives light to every person has come into the world. God has become flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so let Jesus become your light to begin steering your life and to give you true understanding to lift your blindness. That's the first thing. The second thing is that to be fully known, we also must step into the light of a spiritual community. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said this incredible thing. He said, you are the light of the world. Me? How? He says, because I'm going to put my spirit in you. And you also will shed this light of hope 
and acceptance and love to others. And so you need to have a community. You need to have a spiritual family, an authentic, transparent group of people. Now, I know there are some churches you come in and, and you have to wear your Sunday best and nobody really wants to know how you're doing and it's a, you, know, you kind of feel like you've got to hide in church. I know there are places like that. I hope that that's not us. I hope that we are trying to be a, a group that is authentic and transparent, as a family. And we want the same thing. We want to know God. We want to be known by God. We want to learn what it means to love like Jesus loves We want to live a happy and a holy and a fruitful life. That's what we want. And there is power in coming together with other people who want what you want. Like-minded people. We're going after the same thing. Oh, there's power in that. There are some friends uh, back home that are very dear to me. And they are going through the darkest time of their life. I'm praying for them every day. I am weeping for them every day. I talk to them on the phone every day. And they have realized that in their darkest hour, they have no support network. They haven't invested, cultivated a group of friends and supporters who can carry them through this time. They have no community. They have no relationship with God. They have no relationship with the local church. They have very few friends. And they are telling me, we are drowning here. We'll all be in that place at one time. And the time to build that network is now. Is now. Christine and I, my wife, we've learned that we cannot survive without the support of others. We need Jesus. And we need this church. And there are times when we have really had to lean so hard on this church through the death of loved ones. A few years ago, Christine had a double miscarriage. She was carrying twins. We lost the babies. We needed this church at that time. Over the past year, we've had some really, really rough patches in our marriage. I'll be honest. And we have leaned hard on this church during that time. Because of that, we know we're going to be okay. Because we have a relationship with Jesus. And we have a relationship with the church. And we'll be all right. We have chosen to walk in the light. Not to hide in darkness. To walk in the light. And it took me a long time to learn how to do that. A long, I'm still learning how to do that. I'm still learning how to be open and transparent with people, to trust people. And that took a leap of faith. But I would not have survived if I did not take that leap of faith and start trusting God and opening my life to other people. You see, hope has to be anchored in something. Hope has to be anchored in something. It's not a good feeling. Hope must be anchored in something real that is more secure than my circumstances or even my relationships. My hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. And He gives me the stability. He is God with me, not just with us, with me, Albert. God with me. For to me, 
a child was born. To me, a son was given. And my life is on his shoulders. My burdens are carried by him. So as we approach Christmas, I, I really want to encourage you to reflect on who Jesus is and how much you desperately need the light of the world to illuminate who you are and what is ahead for you. And can I invite you to do that with us? If you don't have a home church, uh, or even if you've been coming to Trinity for a while and you've been kind of hiding in the shadows, come into the light. Let us get to know you. Let us love you. And we need you to love us. The light The life that gives light to every person has come into the world, and his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I know that there are many, many people here today. If you really ask, do you really feel understood? Do you really feel known? That there'd be a lot of people here today that would say no. And to be honest, I, I feel pretty isolated. I feel discouraged. I feel like nobody really gets me. And it's a very lonely feeling. But Jesus, you came into the world to be with us, to rescue us, to shed light on our lives. So give us the courage to step into your light and to give the church a chance to be that light for us too. To take a step of faith and start trusting people. Come into community with others. Let them carry our burdens. Let them know who we really are. Because we're tired of, of pretending. Tired of hiding. We need, we need, we need, we need, we need to be in the light. So we're grateful, Jesus, that this is who you are. You are the light of the world. Thank you. Thank you for making that journey to be among us to guide us home in Jesus' name.